Thank you for joining us on the Underdog Podcast, the place where we believe at one point in your life, you were an underdog and overcame adversity. And for that reason, we want to hear your story. I am your boy, Calvin Blackman. And I am Kyle Decker. This episode is powered by Crimcheck. Hey, Black, what's on your background? Skirt, skirt, squeaky clean. Mm, I don't know about that, but hey, everyone has a past. And while we aim to tell stories, we also know how important it is for employers to get the answers they need to make hiring decisions quickly, which is why we have partnered with a company called Crimcheck. They specialize in providing pre-employment screening and certified background checks. Don't be left in the dark. Contact Crimcheck today by going to crimcheck.net. Make sure to mention this ad to hear about their premier pricing solutions. Hey, Black, have you ever been to Canada? <laughs> Here you go with the direction jokes again, Decker. Uh, that was actually a serious question this time. I mean, yeah, I've been. Why? Well, our guest this week, Coach Chris Bergeron, is the epitome of the Canadian dream. <laughs> Does he rock a Canadian tuxedo? Nah, he doesn't, Black, but he is tough as nails. There's no doubt about that. Welcome to the UDP, Coach. I'm not going anywhere, so you can talk to me because I just got here. So it's not you. There's no jinx here that people that leave after talking to you because that's not going to happen. All right. Yeah, we need I'm you. Never, here. We, never leaving again. We need that winning tradition. And, uh, and never moving, never leaving again. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You can. You can take that to. The, I'm staying in Oxford forever. Fire me. I'm staying. I'm, I don't care. <laughs> Fire me. I'm staying. I like it. Not. Hey. Not even for the LA Kings job. Or the well, Detroit Red on. Wings, you know, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, the Red Wings is Blashill, <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't, I don't want bad for Blashill. But my, but I've become buddies with the GM of Vegas. Uh -huh. That would be, let never say never about moving to. Vegas. I mean, that'd be like someone offering us like ESPN job or something. I <laughs> if I could move to Vegas, I love the underdog do, podcast. If, <laughs> if Barry Melrose says, "Hey, come on over," okay, if, right. if, if if okay, I, I I take it back. If there's 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 a handful of jobs that I would leave for, <laughs> I would go through the process of moving. As much of a pain in the rear end moving was, there there might be a couple that I think about. Absolutely. But at least you're back home. So and back home for sure. I still feel like a fish out of water. I don't feel home just yet, but it's it's home. Yeah. Yeah. We're glad to have you back. As yeah. former Miami alum, glad to have you back. So we'll go ahead and get kicked off. Okay. Yeah, I know one of the first questions we kind of talked about on the way up here. Uh we were kind of joking about uh hockey and you and I got to Oxford. Uh, I got here in two thousand. Okay. Um as well as you. Yeah. Uh and the first thing Kyle looked at me he was like I wonder how many black guys coaches recruited to play hockey in Oxford or, or anywhere in your yeah. career. <laughs> I can tell you um, a couple. A couple, okay. Um, the two at Miami, John Saunders. So, yes, so John, John. John's uncle was on ESPN. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I, I believe his uncle passed away. Um, John's uncle and his dad both played at Western Michigan and they were really good players, hockey players. And John was in the process of going through juniors and, and being recruited. And, I, and, and I'm telling you the truth. I, I, I talked to his junior coach. I said, this is what we're looking for. He said, John Saunders. And, and I talked to John after the, I watched him play, talked to him after the game and the nicest human being, the nicest kid, um, 
he, it, it, the hockey part didn't, he didn't play as much as he would have wanted and it, and it, and it kind of wore on him. So he, he didn't stay for the, for all four years, but, but that was one. And then, uh, Brandon Smith is another one. Brandon's a kid from, from Cleveland, went to Gilmore Academy, um, just won the 18 in the past nine, an award here on campus. Okay. Uh, literally three weeks ago, got awarded th this, this, uh, this honor. Um, fantastic kid, big time student. He's, he's starting a new kind of a sports drink. There's just, there's not a lot, man. There, so, there, there isn't a so lot. So I lost, I guess I got to buy him dinner well, in Oxford. Today. What was yours? <laughs> I, zero? I, I was like, yeah, I was like zero or maybe one. Uh, it, was, it, three. Was, it was three. So it was three. So we're good. I, I knew like PK Supon, if that's his name. Yeah, yeah, I watched yeah. a little NHL and I'm yeah. like, okay, there's guys there. Yeah. But who's coming to Oxford? But anyway, that was, yeah. that we had to open up with, yeah. you know, because he's black and I'm Decker. So <laughs> we're the black and, De <laughs> black and Decker here on the UDP. So we figured that's how we would have to open. Yeah. What is the recruiting? So let's talk a little bit about recruiting process and, and we'll kind of get into your story. But I know the recruiting process in, for hockey is a little bit different than traditionally. Uh, I remember a lot of the guys when I was here were 20, 21 years yeah. old, a little bit older. Why is the process that way? In, 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 uh, well, I, I, in my opinion, the process is that way to answer that part of the question because we don't redshirt. So we have a junior, we have junior levels where they literally graduate high school and then go away from home and play for a local, like a junior club team mm -hmm. in, in a, in the U S it's, it's all over the place. Like the, 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 let's just say the tier one that we're looking at, uh, the United States hockey league or the North American hockey league, the United States hockey league is, uh, primarily in the Midwest. It goes as far East as like kind of Youngstown, Muskegon, Michigan, like not very far. And then it goes as far West as, um, Fargo, North Dakota. The, the, um, Iowa's got a bunch of teams, Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, Waterloo, Dubuque. So these kids will be from all over mostly the U S but North America, sometimes Europe, uh, after they're graduated and go to these towns and, and hone their craft and, and play for a year or two, sometimes three. Uh, so then we'll get them two, three years after, after they've graduated. That's why you get the 20 year old freshman. Okay. Um, the, the, the recruiting process, what the NCAA has just done, which is, was necessary. They've kind of, they're doing it with almost everybody. Um, we can't talk to kids until January one of their sophomore year now. So they're recruiting eighth grade and freshman is over with. Um, for me personally, and, and I can tell you, we were just talking about some names from the past in our history, the three of us, guys that we know, guys that I recruited, let's say guys that you were classmates with. Um, Ryan Jones was 19 when I first talked to him. When I first started talking to him, Ganzak was the same way. Todd Grant was the same way. So you're, you're talking to these guys about relationships and trust and people and expectations, and they understand. Whereas you talk to a, an eighth grade or a ninth grade, you're talking, he wants to see the stuff. Right. He wants to see the video board and the one piece sticks and the locker room expectations and trust and relationships. He you might as well be speaking a different language to that kid. So I like the fact that they've changed that. Um, I like the older player, the more I like a kid with a chip on his shoulder. I, I somebody who's been overlooked a little bit, but here with all that we have to offer now, both academically and athletically from Miami hockey, we have access to that high level 
sophomore. Right. Um, so we we have to – our recruiting process is going to change a little bit from when I was the head coach where I was before to here. And just in – we'll pick our spots of the young kids, but we still – I still think we're going to value the older – uh, more mature, late bloomer type of kid. Um, that's always been somebody we've had success with. So that's more of a personal preference. I mean, you, you see Big Ten teams that make a living on on sophomores. And, and I just, for me, uh, you know, who knows what can happen between a young 16-year-old uh, boy from 16 to 18, never mind 16 to 20. I mean, he may lose his passion for the game where the where the 18-year-old uh, who, who's just coming into his own, all of a sudden at 20, he's a, he's a, something special. So it, it, that's just a, our own personal preference. Um, they just put this rule in place where no longer can we talk to freshmen. We actually... Uh, and even the first year, the first semester of sophomores, we have kids verbally committed to Miami that were verbally committed when we got the job that we cannot talk to because of this new rule. Um, uh, two of them are in their f- first semester of their sophomore year in high school. So we can't talk to them until January 1st to, and all we're trying to do is establish, do you still want to come right. now that the coaches have changed? Um, so uh, again, I, I think it's a good rule. It makes all the sense to me, but it's, uh, it's, it's a different world for sure. Absolutely. And since my partner Black, my co-host here, didn't introduce you appropriately, this is Coach Chris Bergeron <laughs> Sorry, of Coach. the Miami University okay. hockey program. But he is, uh, as, a, as a Miami alum, first of all, super excited yeah. to have you here. Even though he's a Miami alum, but a Michigan fan, we won't we won't go into too too much there. <laughs> to him, but <laughs> yeah, it's a fact. Yeah, it is. It, it, you're right. You're right. But um, you know, we're we're super happy to have you here. Coming from what nine years at Bowling Green and then previously 10 years with Miami Yeah, then played here in Miami yeah. and uh, played some minor league hockey. I saw that for yeah. what, about seven years? Yeah. Yeah. It was the next best thing to, to playing in college and, and they usually paid for my apartment. So that was good. I'd take that. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was looking at the Wikipedia Chris Bergeron page <laughs> yeah. and I saw like, we were laughing. I saw all these cities. Yeah. You should have, because I was the, some I was the definition there. of the suitcase. I wasn't good <laughs> enough to play anywhere. So I kind of played everywhere. <laughs> that is great. I, I spent, I, I my, my four years in Miami were, were, those are, that's family relationships. You know what I mean? Those are the relationships you develop and, in college is those are your brothers and um overused term but a real term um the pro thing uh, so many people from different backgrounds and different you know didn't go to college some of them and but uh got to see a little bit of uh the u.s and really enjoyed it yeah no it's uh I, my one of our best friends who or my best friend who played minor league baseball he went around I can just imagine the the bus trips that yeah. you had, the cities that crazy you had. man. I mean, I mean, New Year's Eve on the bus basically every year, sixteen twenty hour bus rides, driving through the night, whatever, and having to get up play. You know, I, I, there was times when professional hockey was a stretch for sure. And the fact that people came and paid money to watch what I was part of was, was, a, I felt like giving them their money back. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't great. So anyways, it was something that I, I really liked. Yeah. Um, no, that's, that's fantastic. So I know Calvin had a few hot questions. Why don't we mix it up a little different? We'll go, we'll go Let's right go in. hot questions before right. we finish up All here. Right. So, um, when you win the Frozen Four National Championship, when you do, because I know that's a that's definitely high on your to do list, yeah. Um, will you get a tattoo of Swoop the mascot <laughs> somewhere on your body? You know, I, 
if if I was going to do that, I, I think it would have to be. I know this is this is not good. It'd have to be some. I think it'd have to be the Indian head, like the Redskin, because that's what I was. I was a Redskin when I played here. So if I was going to do that, I think I'd get the Redskin head. But but along the same lines, um, I'm going to say yes. Okay. I'm gonna, right. and, and I'll go on the record saying yes. So this is recorded. So that's, we do have that on record. That's that's fine. I'll All take right. it. Right. I, I never knew what to get. I thought about a tattoo in college because my buddies were getting them and nothing really struck me. I should get this. So I didn't get anything, but that would be a good reason to get one. I love it. And so the only requirement I have is that the UDP team is going to be here to witness. Okay. It. So you well, for sure. Know. Yeah, we'll do it. All right. We'll, we'll do it. it Hopefully right. it's not too long down the road. No, maybe next year. <laughs> well, well, it might be longer than that, All but, right. but All right. not too long. All I'll right. say. I like it. Yeah. You want me to keep going? Keep, keep it rolling. I got you. Hot. Uh, we'll mix it up. Uh, did you ever lose a tooth in a fight? Not in a fight. Um, uh, I lost four teeth in the front uh, with a stick. And it was, uh, I think I just got my braces off. My parents had paid whatever <laughs> for braces. And then I came home and I was missing like, it was like three and a half that were clean out. And then the other one had to basically come out too. So I've got a bridge of four teeth in the front, but it wasn't in a fight. Normally when I get in a fight, it's body blows only. So that, that's kind of predetermined. Okay. I say we're only punching in the stomach or the, like no face shots. When <laughs> <laughs> you got a face like mine. <laughs> who would win in a fight? Bergeron in his prime or Mitch Ganzak in his prime? Bergeron, no, oh, doubt about it. Okay. no, he he he'd put up a fight though, but I, it would be Bergeron. What about so so those that don't Jones? Know. I wouldn't fight Jones. Okay, I was gonna say jo- two Jones, roommates. No, Jones could fight. He, he yeah, I, I would not fight Jones. <laughs> so those that don't know, um, which most wouldn't know, uh, my roommate. I had two uh, hockey roommates here at Miami University: Ryan Jones, Mitch Ganzak. Ryan Jones went on to have a pretty good career, yeah, really, really good career, good, I should really say, pretty good. good. Yeah. Uh, Nashville, Edmonton, uh, some other teams. So NHL, NHL, and then was playing recently over Germany. But uh, yeah, he would. They would try to t- teach me how to fight. So their hands are so quick. So we're in that. We're in our uh, in our dorm, and they're like, "Hey, approach me like you were going to fight." <laughs> they're trying to get me to be a better fighter, and I would go to like, "I'm going to punch, man." Before I knew it, my shirt was over my head. <laughs> I was on the ground. I'm like, I'm like tapping out. They're like, call me names that I won't say on here, but yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, Jones is one of those kids that we would say, you know, sometimes males on a college campus sometimes tend to head down that direction when they've had too many Cokes downtown. And we would tell Jones, no fighting downtown because he, he'd been in a bunch and, and he was good at it. And we just told him, don't do it because you'll end up, you'll end up I was never getting in yourself in trouble. <laughs> I <don't laughs> and I don't think about. he was, cause I told him don't do it. Yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, Gans probably, I wouldn't want to fool with him either. Um, so I, I'd say that probably I'd take it back. Ganzak would probably beat me in his prime. See, look, he's already getting politically correct here. No, for the I, I, that's a fact. I, I'm a, I, I've got politically correct. I don't have. I, I have okay. real and real is <laughs> reevaluating. I I, yeah, reevaluating. I don't want to. Yeah, so I, I would lose to both. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Right. That's good to know. Who do you? Um. And there's so many. I mean, the tradition of Miami hockey. As two former football guys, this is a a, a hockey school, and that's hard to admit from being on the other side of the sport. But when I was those guys' roommates, I mean, it was all about hockey you know, uptowns, class, girls, a whole nine. Um, so the tradition of hockey here is 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 really, really good program. Obviously, it's been down for a couple of years. Let's talk about 
a little bit hockey here and strategy and building the culture. Mm-hmm. Something I, I saw that or I, I watched was in your press conference, you said, you know, the guys, the unconditional and conditional in your approach of of how you are approaching the rebuild. I found that fascinating as a business owner and trying to build culture. Can you in, in, in new I guess, revised plans I have. And I found that as something I'm going to take away. Can you kind of touch upon the conditional and unconditional? Well, the, the, to me, the conditional is when the phone rings at four o'clock in the morning to say, coach, I need your help. I haven't stolen a car or robbed a bank, but but I've got myself in a little bit of a pickle. Um, I need your help. That's unconditional. That, that, that I'll be there. You just tell me where and, and I'll be there. The the conditional part is how much you play, um, what you earn out there is going to be based on what you bring to the table um, on a daily basis and w- what type of, uh, how you take advantage of your opportunity. And um, uh, that gets overlooked. Everybody wants theirs. I get that. Everybody wants to start. Everybody wants to play. Um, and all, all we're trying to do is we're trying to build a level of relationship and a, and a level of trust to where, when I try to push you outside your comfort zone, you're going to know that I'm coming from a good place because unconditionally, you know that I want the same thing you do. Um, And then when I tell you you're not playing good enough, you understand that now the conditional is starting to kick in and I need to play better. Um, I think, uh, you know, a young 20-year-old male or just a young 20 year old person in general, it's, it's not, it's not easy not to blame somebody else or something else for him or her not getting theirs. I, I shouldn't say her. Cause I don't, I, I deal with, with, with men. So the, the, it, we've been doing it long enough to where, listen, I know you want to play. I know you want to be the man. I know you want to score the goals or, or, or stop the puck or whatever, but you need to play better. And it, until you start to take ownership of that, um, you, you it's not going to, it's not going to work because you're going to keep blaming somebody else. The only way you listen to me is if you trust me. The only way you believe in what I'm saying is if there's a relationship there, because you know, I want the same thing you want. I, I, I have your best interest in mind. I'm not saying that for me. It's not, it doesn't better me. I'm trying to get the most out of you. Um, and, and I just, I just don't want them to forget about the unconditional side. And sometimes they do. Oh, the coach doesn't like me. No, no, no. We're leaving that at the door. I, I love you unconditionally, but you need to play better or you need to stop getting C's in school. You need to stop showing up late for class. You need to start whatever it may be, start working harder in the weight room, whatever it may be. Um, we go through all those things together and, and we want to establish that in recruiting. That's why it goes back to how do you talk to a 15 year old about that? He, he hasn't been to the bar yet. He hasn't, you know, moved away from home yet. I mean, it's hard for him to understand. We end up talking to mom and dad. Well, I don't want to talk to mom and dad because I'm not going to coach mom and dad. That's, we just, I, I just want the players to know there's going to be a, a, a good side to this too. It's not all down uh, and, and, and it's not personal. You need to do this better. If you're going to resent me for trying to get more out of you, don't come here. Because I'll end up presenting you right back. Now, if you're somebody that's going to wrap your arms around that and, 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 and wants to be part of a program where there's unconditional and conditional, then, then we'd love to have you. Let's go. Have you had, and I know speaking, I, I volunteer at a local high school with actually another Miami alumnus for football. And uh, we were 1-9, 1-9. He got the job this year. We were 0-10. But he really built, he, he had to kick about six to eight guys yeah. off and you know, have you had any pot, what I'd call consider positive turnover? Have you had to, 
you know, in your rebuilding process early, have 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 people left because yeah. of that? Not not yet. Okay. But um, without without being a jerk, I'm I'm constantly reminding them that if if the way we're talking around here literally figuratively the way we're talking if 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 we're not speaking your language and you think you're you're going to find a way to just get by i'm going to find you and i'm going to we're going to get rid of you i'm asking you to save yourself the aggravation and save me the aggravation save us as coaches the aggravation we're not saying we're right we're saying while we're here this is the way it's going to be and and as long as we have people that aren't all on board we're wasting our time. And, and so we're trying to figure it out. It hasn't happened yet. I hope it doesn't happen. Chances are it's going to, um, because, uh, the, the getting better or getting worse before it gets better. Like the record would say it did, but as you, you're saying, no, it got better. Even though we were in 10 and last year we were one and nine on paper, you'd think we got worse. We didn't, we got better because we we're getting rid of the, the people that are fighting us. And again, I've made it clear to them. I'm not saying we're right. I'm saying, well, we're here. This is the way it's going to be. And this is going to be about us and not about you. And, and it's going to be about this unconditional love, but conditional what you get in return and so on and so forth. And um, uh, I hope they're on board. They're all saying they are. But I can tell you that it's there, there's things that are showing that it, it may not be as on board as they thought. And uh, that's something I love from a business perspective. We We have like 21 cost centers now. So we do staffing, recruiting. And the ones that are failing, we look at, okay, hey, are they on the mission? Like you said, are they all on board? Are they mm -hmm. on the, We call it the energy bus right now. And uh, we're reading a book by John Gordon called The, the Energy Bus. And, and we're, so we're really trying to get everyone there. And some of them we say, hey, we know we're going to have to clean up the – clean up the the not the mess is not the right term, but we're going to have to clean up the, the culture yeah. and probably lose money right. before we go back to making right. money. And just like I talked to at, in, at uh, the situation that I volunteer in was the same thing. I said, hey, if – if we're gonna go one and nine, you gotta get the culture and foundation. It's not about wins now. Yeah. It's about wins two or three years. And that's really hard. So, but I love to hear as a supporter, love to hear that you're willing to potentially take step backwards than to go three steps forward. Yeah. I mean, so. it's one of those things I, I I was I was through in my last head coaching opportunity, my only head coaching opportunity. And um now I, I can tell you as a human being and a and a, and a dad that asked my two boys and, and a husband that asked my wife, it's, it was easier to talk about in April than it is right now. I mean, it, it's been hard. Um, as much as this is home, my one son was born at McCullough Hyde. My wife has worked for a company in Oxford for literally 20 years. Um, it was still, we left a program that was at the, in the national tournament last year and, and got off to a good start. We played in the first game of the year this year here and they took it to us. And so there's been challenges, but if you can, if you can leave kind of that, that, that stuff at the door and just think about it almost from 30,000 feet that, um, it's going to take some time, but I believe in the process and I believe in the, in, in the plan and I believe in the place and it's just a matter of when. Um, but that's why I'm so adamant with the current players in that if you think, if you think you're just going to find your way to, to, to hide and pretend that I'm not talking to you, I'm telling you, man, you're wasting your time and you're you wasting here. mine. We don't want you here, Love it. but again, it doesn't make you a bad person. It, it, we say the same thing in recruiting. 
if going to class and, 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 and trying to be great on a daily basis and willing to be great on a daily basis and coming to practice with a plan and a purpose, if that sounds too hard, don't come here because you're not going to like it. If, if it sounds exactly what you're looking for, then come on. And all the other stuff, the, the people on campus, the downtown, the, all the stuff that comes with being a student at Miami, you can have that, but it, you have to, you have to commit to this first, this lifestyle, um, this willingness to be great every day. I think a willingness and a want are two different things. If I went into that locker room and said, how many guys want to be great? They'd all put their hands up. Well, how many guys are willing? How many guys go home early from the, from the local establishment? Cause they got a big day tomorrow. How many guys lift weights when no one's watching? How many guys are doing extra on the ice when, when the coach is gone? Because you're at that point, you're not doing it because the coach is there watching me. I'm doing it because I need to get better. Um, uh, that to me is a willingness and that's what we're looking for. A bunch of kids that are willing to be great every day, not willing to be perfect, just willing to be great. And, and willing to take the coaching and willing to accept the, the conditions at times and willing to be part of the unconditional as well. So it, it's, it's something we've thought a lot about and obviously taken a lot of years yeah. to develop. And we, we get him into living rooms. I don't know how people can turn down not playing for this guy. <laughs> I've been thinking I was that. on the stair stepper this morning at the gym because I'm working on my dad bod that he'll probably <laughs> make fun of me. But I'm listening, like I'm watching, scrolling through all your guys' videos and hear these hype videos. I, I come in the office, we, we start early on Mondays and probably not early compared to what you're used to, but we come, I come in like, oh man, you got to, dude, Coach Bergeron, this is going to be insane. Like everyone, David, David said, you're, you know, Jude, all these guys, you know, Nick. And I'm like, and I'm like, I, I feel it now seeing them per- firsthand, started the day off. I'm finishing my day off. Like your energy is contagious. And I'm a big believer in once again, positive energy. So yeah. where, where do you get this? Well, I, I, I don't, Holy I don't, cow. I love I, it. I, I do think, I, I, I do think that there's times where, I feel a little bit sorry for myself and, 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 and get a little woe is me. And, but I, I, am better at 48 than I was at 28. Um, and, and I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm I do a, a good job of self-reminding that my attitude is contagious and, and my approach is one that, uh, I'm in a leadership role and, and it was one that as a player, I took very, very seriously. Um, I, I was, I was, I was a captain for, for, for some time and, and, um, and I know, I know a lot of the time these young people are looking at me on how to act and how to react. Um, none of us are, are okay with a loss. We all want to do better, right? And, and, and I've gotten better with a, 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 a day in the life of a coach. A good day is you win and a bad day is you lose. And, and obviously it's not that black and white. And I, my dad was in the McDonald's business. So I'd say, dad, what's a good day for you? Like the sales, you sold like a thousand Big Macs, like that's a good day. And a bad day is you sell... 20. I, I mean, I don't know where my, my job is. It's instant feedback. Yeah. You won. You're a great coach. Great job. You lost. You stink. You're an awful coach. Do a better. Like, and, and again, I, I've got my arms wrapped around that. Um, but, but I think my, my energy is, is, is natural. Um, uh, my attitude is one that I've really tried to do a, a, a better job of, of, of keeping in mind that people are watching and, and especially those 27 boys. I, I want them. What happened yesterday? What's the difference? And tomorrow, let's leave it right there. I think a 20-year-old takes every day for granted because that's just, we did for yeah, sure. Absolutely. 48, you don't right. as much. And, and, and so let, what does yesterday have to do with today? Well, I've given myself that same advice. We played horrible yesterday. So what? 
let's leave it there. Let's learn from it. But what does that have to do with my attitude today? And I know my energy is one that can, can help. So I, I try to keep it in mind. So take us in the, the day in the life of, of you and coach Burge on how, like, how do you, how in season, I guess I would say like kind of a lot of people aren't as familiar with, with hockey or coaching potentially that are listening kind of walk us through the day in the life. Well, right now we, we have practice in the afternoon. So, so the morning isn't as, um, isn't kind of as insane as it will be when we go to morning practice, which we are going to go to morning practice. I think morning practice allows us only to have post-practice conflict with class and not pre-practice. And I'm not talking about a 6am practice. I'm talking about a nine, like a, like a, 745 lift and then a 930 meeting and then practice at 945. It's something, something along those lines, uh, maybe a skill session in there too. Uh, so, um, right now it's, uh, usually it's the day starts with a coffee and uh, that's the way it's been. And, um, uh, and then it's, uh, it's usually get with the staff and talk about practice, talk about lineup. Um, we do post a lineup every day in practice. There's not a whole lot of change. We only have 27 players on our team. The way our team breaks down currently is, uh, 15, nine and three. So we dress, 12, we dress seven and we dress two typically goalies. So really there's not that many changes going on, um, in terms of the lineup, but we do put a lineup together every day. And then we talk about practice. Um, once we get that behind us, then it's recruiting and it's, that's a constant, as we all know, in this world of college athletics, recruiting is the lifeline and as good of a coach you think you are or as bad, you're as, you're as good as your players are. You know, everyone knows that. And um, so we, we're talking a lot about that, especially obviously a new staff um, at a, at a, at a place where we're new here. Um, we're trying to figure out the, the verbally committed kids and, and all that kind of stuff and where we want to put our thumbprint on there, uh, which guys uh, do we like and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then we, we head downstairs and start in on the video and which is we're breaking down, um, we're spending our time breaking down the last games we played. Plus, I guess this week will be North Dakota. So we're now we're, we're starting to talk about, okay, what are their tendencies? What does their team look like? What do they do in, in this zone? What do they do in the power play? Um, and then usually before you know it, either I have time to work out before practice, um, which I rather would do. Um, and, and usually the workout for me is therapeutic. Um, the, the dad body, that, that, that conversation was a long time ago. It's, it's <laughs> happened. It's here. It's over with. Um, and I've got my arms wrapped around it, but it does, it does give me a chance just to decompress a little bit and whatever I'm doing. Um, now with the dad body, I've got a beaten up body too, man. I've had back surgery. I've had knee surgery. Um, so I have to pay more mind to what I'm doing. At least um, now he, he has a podcast. He can listen to while he works out. <laughs> that's right. You work on the UDP. That's right. How, how does, uh, with the coaching at the collegiate level, what is your family and work-life balance yeah. been with the travel and balancing that? It, it, it was it was tough for us as an assistant. Uh, a couple of reasons why, because I think there's more travel typically as an assistant uh, from a recruiting standpoint. And um, for me personally, my kids were younger. 
but my wife and I, I think we did a good job. We, we bow. I didn't miss everything. Um, I, I, I tried, I had a guy that I worked for in Rico that allowed me to do that. And, and some of the advice I got, this was, this guy was a, is a football coach. He, he was a defensive coordinator at Ashland college right now. Um, Tim Rose was a head coach here years yeah. ago yep. and coach Rose I painted real quick. I painted his daughter's white picket fence, yeah. Chris Winkler. Okay. Yeah. So you know, Chris, she, Chris and Dave were, well, Chris and Janice are good for like not best friends, but really good friends. They're great people. They're people that years ago, our son and their son played on a t-ball team together and chris winkler will talk to that chair right there if you'll if you'll if you'll let her and, and, and she'll have a conversation with her she's good at that amazing when well, she came up to us hey i'm chris this is my husband dave what, what what are you guys here for and the rest is history and literally it was probably 18 years ago so um the 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 his his advice was you need to work for somebody great and uh, you undervalue that. You don't realize what that means. Somebody who allows you to be a dad, who allows you to be a husband, and, and not at at the expense of the job. Right. But but uh, you know, hey, go. What are you doing here? Go. He's got a soccer game, a hockey game, whatever it is. And Rico was awesome at that, and I've always appreciated him for that. Um, so I was able to to to, to balance when I could. Um, uh, the the the. It, it's something you have to have a wife and a partner who, who allows that. And, um, I mean, she, she's been with me since high school. Uh, she got into this coaching thing. We, we made the decision in 2000 to come here and, and neither one of us knew what it was going to look like. Right. And I, I, I don't think it's, it's as crazy as the football world, but it's crazy. I mean, we're all kind of out there and, and football, it just seems, I mean, there's so much video. So even when you're home, you're not home. You know, not not at the house. You're at the you're at the office, and then the recruiting, and then and 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 for football, it seems more twenty four seven, three sixty five than hockey. I'll say something to that because I coached uh, college for about three years, mm -hmm. and to your point of what Coach Rose kind of told you, um, there's a point where in football guys think that the longer you're in the yeah. office that you're doing more yes. work and what I've come to find just talking to some of my friends who still coach now like when practice is over at five o'clock he's like get out of here yeah. go home and see your family you know what I mean and there's the work-life balance and I guess my question to you is you've been able to now become the head man yeah. and probably value that more and probably uh, empower your guys more to 100%. spend more time with the family 100 yeah. it's not even a it's not even a conversation it's it's it, when you're done, go. Go. Yeah. Go. What are you, well, he, exactly. I, I couldn't agree with, oh, this guy's a really hard worker because he puts in 12 hours a day. Uh, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear he's a really hard worker because he works really hard when he's, when he's working. Uh, he's a great dad. He's a great husband. He's a great whatever. Uh, the the, the work-life balance, man. Uh, how many examples of it goes by too fast right. and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And you're going to leave your your best effort at work. Like, come on. Uh, what I do love the fact that um, I consider these players, my kids and, and I mm -hmm. have not since day one, cause I didn't know what I was walking into, but I consider them my family, but I, I and, and my family gets to know them as part of our family as well. So um, I am spending time with family, but I, I do think that I have the balance. I've got a great voice of reason in my wife and, and she's been a voice of reason for a long time for me. Um, I try to do the best I can to involve my two boys in my job. And she points that out to me all the time. 
she's an accountant. They don't care about her job. <laughs> I'm a hockey coach. They love my job. Um, so they can come and sometimes share in that. I mean, they were at the frozen fours. They, I'm telling you when, when the morning we said kids were leaving Oxford and leaving Miami and going to Bowling Green, there was tears and there was, this is no, just no way we're leaving Miami. Bowling Green is in last place. Miami is awesome. Like, so it's an all encompassing thing. And 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 wives and kids go through the ups and downs just like the rest of us. Uh, so it, it's something that I've been doing a while, and I hope I'm doing a decent job at it. Well, Calvin works pretty much ten to two, so <laughs> so I, well, I like I'm that. a part timer, <laughs> but I get different. work done when I'm working. Then good for you. Yeah, so you pick, on you. They could learn from me. You good pick, for you. You, you picked the wrong sport. You should just go on the hockey. You don't have to work ten to two, but you could work. You know, eight hour days. That's right. Hour day. Call it a day. My, and, and, and in the summer, when when the ice is out, you can't coach hockey in the summer because there's no ice. You guys, if you don't have ice, you got to go home. You remember the beginning <laughs> of this conversation, right? <laughs> My skating's not really up to par. So, no. Mine isn't either, so I've been fooling them for a while. I'd like to go back and talk a little bit about uh, your beginnings uh, with hockey. Uh, how did hockey become part of it? What are your first memories of hockey? And then when did you realize hockey was going to be that transformational sport for you? My, my first memories of hockey were my first memories as a kid. I mean, in Canada, they hand you a hockey stick and, and put you on skates like they would a football or basketball or baseball in the U.S. I mean, that I don't know that because I wasn't a little guy in, in, in the U.S., but I, I'm assuming that's the case. And in Canada, it was just the thing. It seemed like years <laughs> that long ago, 48 years ago, it was, it was, it was winter all the time. I don't remember summer in Canada ever, but, but so I seemed like I was playing hockey all the time because it was winter. Um, honestly, I didn't see it as something that could potentially be in my future uh, until uh, my grit, like my, my senior year in high school at the time. And this wasn't because I was stupid. I, I'm telling you the truth, but we did have five years of high school. So I had a grade 13 year and, and even the smart kids went to grade 13. So it wasn't just the, the dumb kids like me, but, um, <laughs> the Canada, so dude, my, my, wow. my, my grade 13 year, I played junior hockey in Chatham, Ontario, which is where Ryan Jones is from and where he played juniors. And, um, I got approached by these two coaches from the school of Miami of Ohio. And, and they came, they asked me to come on a visit and my mom and dad, we drove down here. And I remember that I had jeans on in the car ride and, and we were all so excited to get here. And she's like, as soon as you get there, we're going to, you're changing because you got to look, you got to look sharp and for the coaches and stuff. And so, yeah, we're all, all set. Well, we, we couldn't wait. I mean, that last, anyone that's driven to Oxford knows that last 35 minutes from the highway is the worst. You just want to get there, man. Um, the worst. So <laughs> we, we got here and, and, uh, the rest kind of is history, but I really didn't see hockey as part of my future until then. Um, and then I, I was lucky enough to get my education looked after and, and, uh, and, and have an experience that we had. And it wasn't all winning. It was hard. We, we, I learned way more through adversity here than I did through and then, well, I, I'll speak for me than, than I did through, um, success. And, um, but I wasn't, I wasn't a prodigy. I wasn't, oh, this kid's going to, it's a no brainer. He's going to make it. It was never that. I was a, I was a late bloomer. I didn't know how to work. Um, I, 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 I figured it out. I figured out what the weight room meant. I figured out it was a decision to go to the track and, and, you know, with my dad in the McDonald's business, that wasn't easy, brother. Like put, pushing the Big Macs away and having to have a ham sandwich. That sucked. I hated that. <laughs> I wanted the Big Mac, but I, I knew I couldn't. So it was, it, it was good growth for 
for me. And we went through a, a coaching, uh, the coach that recruited me and the coach that coached me were two, it was different. And it was a culture change and it was a decision. We drew a line in the sand and you say, pick a side. So lots of growth there for me, but it was, it was, it was a, a late blooming type of thing. It was a process. Yeah. The one, one thing I wanted to touch upon as we come towards the conclusion here is one thing I found out when you said, Hey, it's not the material things. And we're sitting in this beautiful conference room, you know, everything you can imagine, at least in my opinion, I know there's some yeah. other facilities out there, but when, when I was here, it was a transition from the old Goggin, which those that kind of put a, a visual together was very, very small, <laughs> smelly. Um, just, just, it was not, it was, but it was rowdy. Yeah, it was rowdy. It was rowdy. Sure. It was rowdy. But where I wanted to go to this is, is someone that's listening. That's has no idea about sports. Cause I wouldn't relate to people that are on the sports spectrum per se is that in business, and we've seen this too, is that you don't need the material things. And you said this in one of your press conferences, that the this this arena is not going to make you feel better when you do X, Y, Z on yeah. the hard days. And we say this in business because there's times it's just, it's like you said, the adversity, the heart, the hustle, the DNA, some of those teams were the teams that then built to be in that national championship game didn't have all the resources in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, like I said, it was a very old arena, very, very old. Even the weight room, I think the gross was just kind of finalizing at that point. Um, so there was a lot of things from a facility standpoint, but that didn't matter. The brotherhood that I always heard about, um, the the culture that was created is will sustain through the hard times. And I think that's something I've, I always took away from my hockey roommates and how to instill that into my business life. And I tell people all the time, well, we don't have this. We don't have that. We don't have this. Well, what do you have? Like you said, we talked about this before. What do you have that can translate to then you making success, no matter what, if you don't have the the fancy bells and whistles? And I think that's so important for business owners to understand what Coach Birds said in his press conference, and I'd like you to touch upon, is something I'm so passionate about in building our business is that you don't need all that stuff yeah. to, to have success. Does it help? Yes. Does yeah. it help re- draw recruits? Yes. But is that going to make you 100% successful? No. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we obviously, when we first started recruiting in 2000, the rink wasn't, it wasn't the strongest part of the recruiting pitch. It was hopefully the people, hopefully the academics, hopefully the experience you could have here. Um, then we got a building and we would still say to them, don't come here because of the building, because on the day where you're struggling, for whatever reason you're struggling, the building's not going to help you through that day. The building is Miami's commitment to hockey at a high level. That's all it is. It's if you come here because of the building on the day that you're pissed at me, the building's not going to help you through that day. And again, it goes back to, it's hard to explain to a 16 year old that how truthful that is. That statement is, is a fact. Um, and, and I, I, where, where my example was in the people, like, uh, stop talking about what he isn't. I, I can see what he isn't. I know what he isn't, but look what he is again. Let's, let's push that. Let's, let's focus on what we have, not what we don't have. Um, Coach Rude, uh, the, the the one one associate coach we have here, uh, I mean, his focus is not on the recruits we don't get; it's on the recruits we do get. And I, I, again, that's an attitude, that's a decision. I couldn't agree more. Can you learn from things that don't go your way or that you maybe don't have that you think you need? Sure, you can learn from that, but you don't dwell on it. You don't woe is me. You don't you don't use it as a crutch or as an excuse. Or um, and, and I'm telling you, the number of people that through like. Oh, six 
through 2010, at least for me in the recruiting world, I, I said it every single, don't come here because of the rink. Don't do it because the rink is not going to get you through the hard day. Hopefully the relationships, the people will get you through the hard day. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and if you don't like what we're saying, if you don't like the people, that's fine. That's fine. Don't come here because the rink, rink won't be enough. It, it won't be. Um, we tell them now the video board's cool, but I'm telling you when you're not on the power play, if you think you all should be on the power play, the, the video board is not going to help you get through that, that day. It's just not, um, I am. So you better be willing to come in and say, coach, how do I get on the power play? Okay, sit down. Let's talk about it. That, that, that is something we are committed to hockey at a high level. Look at all the things we have to show our commitment. That's what it shows. It doesn't, it doesn't make us cooler than you. It doesn't make us better. It's just we're committed to hockey at a high level, and we can prove it. Um, that, that we, we want to establish ourselves in the recruiting world, and, and I think we are. People are, oh, I don't know if this is, this is Bergeron's kind of kid. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. I, I want that. Uh, not that maybe he's willing to be. If he's willing to be, come on. Maybe you're going to push yourself outside your comfort zone and be better than you thought you could be because you're willing. Um, I, I think that attitude is something that we're going to try to take in in uh, Last in question. Everything. Am I your kind of guy? So far, yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> you haven't seen My man. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like Fulton Reeves from uh, the Mighty Ducks, just enforcer. <laughs> okay, right? then good. Yeah, yeah, then you're my kind yeah, of guy. Yeah. Well, good. Well, we appreciate um, everything. I know you're super busy right in the middle of the season here, and we wish you nothing but the best. No, We're definitely going to be that. following you. I know uh, there's some upcoming events in Cincinnati that we plan on attending, yeah. support the program. Cool. And, and um, you know, we're, we're here locally. Um, we hope this, you know, this podcast, which is now nationally, that we, we spread the word of Miami University hockey. Um, as a first year coach, Coach Bergeron, you're, you're already, like I said, it starts with energy, starts with the foundation. Super excited you're back in Oxford, Ohio. And uh, what's about to come for Miami hockey is going to be super exciting. Well, so. I appreciate you having me very yeah. much. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Podcast. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on the Apple and Google Podcast apps and send our Twitter handle a screenshot of your rating at Underdog Pod with your shirt size for a chance to win a free t-shirt. See you next week on the UDP.